0: Good morning and welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins, horticulturist, landscape designer and garden author. My June newsletter is out already. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) And you can find out all about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter in your backyard on my website, which is she-consulting.com. And we're celebrating and honoring Memorial Day uh, this weekend. It was originally known as Decoration Day, and it began with an idea from General John Logan as a way to honor the fallen soldiers of the Civil War. So back in 1868, the first uh, Decoration Day, Memorial Day, was May 30th, and it was held at Arlington National Cemetery with a crowd of 5,000 people decorating the graves of over 20,000 military personnel with flowers. Wow. That's, uh, they uh, they um, put flowers on both the Union and the Confederate graves, recited prayers and singing hymns. They even came to the cemeteries with a picnic lunch. So the observance has been since expanded to remember the deceased soldiers of any and all wars but it wasn't until World War 1 that um that they officially the day became Memorial Day and Congress declared it a national holiday. So Tom, do you know how the poppies became the international symbol? No, I don't. Well, it was very interesting. After World War 1, the poppy flourished in Europe and the scientists attributed it to the growth of soils in France and Belgium, that became enriched, <clears throat> excuse me, with lime from the rubble left by the war, huh. and so from the dirt and mud grew a beautiful red poppy. The poppy began to symbolize the bloodshed during the battle, and especially after the publication of the wartime poem in Flanders Fields, which is very touching, and that poem was written by Lieutenant Colonel John McCrae while serving on the front lines. And then on September 27, 1920, the poppy became the official flower of the american legion and so that's how it came about the, the distribution of poppies and even in um, london they they have a, a, a plant called uh, a flower called the fire flower and it grew and it was the first time in world after world war ii when london was bombed they saw this flower come back into growing again in london downtown london because of the bombing. How about that? Huh. The seeds that, that were blown up yeah, from the ground yeah. uh, that was down at 600 or 200, 300 feet came up to the surface and started to grow again. How about that? These yeah. stories. Yeah. Mm. It's just amazing. And so what are some, um, some of the red and white color combinations where we're going to give you that? But let's go ahead and take Roy. Do we have time okay. to take Roy? Yeah, let's go ahead and take Good Roy. Good morning, Roy. Uh, hey. How can we help you?
1: Morning. Uh, I've got a couple questions if you got time. Okay. One is I got uh, I want to do my beds around the front with the bushes, and I got some of them oak leaves laying on there. I've cleaned them off a couple of times, so it's not a heavy bed of oak leaves. Could I put the mulch right over the top of that, or should I get rid of that?
2: No, I yeah light mulch on top of it wouldn't be any problem. You'd not, be okay. Be bad.
1: Yeah. Oh great. You have our permission. Uh, okay, I'm glad. <laughs> my other question is kind of weird, but <laughs> I got a. I got a possum hanging in my backyard in it. It's <laughs> hanging in a, around <laughs> in a pot. No, it's in a pot actually. My son was makes ceramics and he's got a, I put one of his pieces in the backyard and it's inside of that, you know.
0: So why do you want to get rid of them? They're really good at getting rid of fleas and ticks and oh, underst- Really? Understand they're tasty too. I don't know. No.
1: <laughs> I know I heard that, but the problem is, you know, sometimes I got as many as five dogs over here and I don't know uh.
0: Well, they'll, they'll get rid of it for you. So our cat's gotten rid of two little small possums at our house uh, in the last couple of months. But uh, there's really they are really beneficial, and they're not harmful, and they're not going to hurt your dogs. And uh, so I would say leave it, Roy. Sounds like,
2: sounds like we've got a possum lubber here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The one dog, it just won't stop barking at it. It, oh, it knows it's in there. You yeah,
0: know? that that well, that's that's an issue. Uh, you can always trap them. I don't think you can remove them to another site legally, but you can always trap them and get rid of them that way.
1: How about if I, I got like a, a fenced-in backyard and like an alleyway in the back, if, if I take that piece and put it by the fence still on my property?
0: Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. that, yeah, that would work if it gets it out of your dog's attention span. Yeah,
1: yeah, because that one just won't leave it alone. The other one's uh, iffy, but the, yeah, oh, well, they, well, they they
0: give, it, give it a try. It's bad. Yeah. yeah, give it a try, Roy. Okay, all right. Thank you so much, Roy. Very all right, good. and we're going to take more of your phone calls four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. If you have a gardening question, we'd love to hear from you. You can text Tom at two three six. Eight, zero. Well,
2: we've still got a few minutes here for your uh, list of red, white, and okay, blue Okay, so flower. let's do that. And okay. that was a text message here. Somebody wanted to know about uh, what are pretty Memorial
0: Day plants. All right, so here are some color combinations of red, white, and blue. One, you could do a bleeding heart. And I would do the one that's all red. Then I would do Diamond Frost Euphorbia and then Blue Days as the the uh, spiller. That would be kind of neat. Yeah, wouldn't that be pretty? And then also you can do Red Salvia, White Drift Rose, or and a Blue Storm Agapanthus. And that would be real pretty. If you've got some shade, you can do a Red Begonia, White Peace Lily, and the Super Bells Evening Star, Calibrachoa. Have you seen that one? I have not seen it. It is deep blue, and it's gorgeous, and it will take shade Hmm. as well. And then my last one is a red canna, white lantana, and deep blue plumbago for the full sun. Okay,
2: of all these here, if I want to have continual color, it looks like probably the red canna, white lantana, and the deep blue plumbago is going to give me the continual.
0: I think all summer long, even through the fall and all year round. You know, your your canna's going to go down a little bit. You know, you'll cut it back in the wintertime. Uh, I usually cut them back in the in August again with the uh, with the worms that you know do those.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the first one would continue to flower too. The bleeding heart diamond and the diamond frost, frost
0: euphorbia lasts a long time.
2: Does in, and the blue days and the
0: blue days. So both of those would be <laughs> really very good. And I will tell you, I was just in Webster uh, yesterday, and the plumbago at my uh, uh, Mary's house was growing <laughs> gangbusters and blooming its little heart out, and no problem with the drought. Wow. It looked beautiful, and yeah. they don't have an irrigation system. Huh. And so, so if you want to plant something really drought-tolerant, the blue plumbega And they've used it good. along the highway from time to time they also. Do. So
2: how about
0: the roses? The roses that can be planted, well, they have actually a Memorial Day rose, And you can go up to HelpMeFind.com and put in the roses that you're looking for, and they'll have uh, people who are growing that. HelpMeFind.com. Memorial Day Rose, and it is beautiful. It's a pink hybrid tea rose, and it's got enormous old-fashioned full flowers and a very strong classic old rose fragrance. Then they have one that's new, which I really liked. It was because she served that's the name of it. Because she served sounds proudly in the garden and exemplifies the honor, courage, and commitment of the woman, women who have served our nation for generations. And it's a hybrid tea, and it is gorgeous and has a very strong fragrance. Then there is also the Veterans Honor. Which is a vet, um, a hybrid tea rose that you can get at Jackson and Perkins. I've seen that one. That one I've had too, and it grows very well. And then they have a eternal flame rose, uh, uh, stars, uh, roses, and plants.com. You can get this. It's a yellow. It's a beautiful yellow hybrid tea, and it has a strong citrus fragrance on that one. Yeah. And then also there is a Courageous Rose. It is um, a sold by Heirloom Roses, and it's named to honor the courageous airmen of both the Royal Air Force and the U.S. Army Air Corps who served in World War II. How
2: about that? Do you have some other ones like Remembrance, Soldier Remembrance Boy? Remembrance is
0: to Remembrance and Soldier Boy. <laughs> and Peace. And then you can also, too, um, you can get at Heirloom Roses, uh, you can get a custom-engraved military tribute uh, steak that has the name of your loved one on it or, you know, maybe even a veteran that's in your family, and you can put it underneath the plant to memorialize them.
2: Yeah, and the one you have here, uh, Peace Rose, I, I really like that because it has a bit of history there. Where the but the cuttings for that were fro- flown out of France. The last, so the story goes, the last plane out of, of France, yes, and sent to the United States. I think it was.
0: It was, and it is an old rose. I'm just trying to pull it up here.
2: 1945. Yeah, and by
0: Milan. And that was my mom's favorite rose, the the, the peace rose. And so that was, a, uh, that was a beautiful one, but it was to symbolize. They wanted to name it after the uh, grower, and he said, no, I don't want to, uh, to, to have it named after me. It's for the whole world to have peace. And so they named it uh, the, the Peace Rose. And didn't didn't name it after the grower,
2: yeah, Connor Powell had that one, mm-hmm. which is which is really neat. I've been to the Connor Powell Rose growing a long, long time ago, really? up in Pennsylvania, oh my goodness, really neat, but the peace rose yeah, it was one of our favorites too. Uh, along with ones like Mr. Lincoln and some of those. Yeah, Mr.
0: Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. There's a lot of, if you want to do a political rose garden, you can definitely have that with military honors and things like that. Let's go to Greg in Jacksonville. Good morning, Greg. You're on the air. Hello, Greg. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I um, have uh, several crepe myrtles. Some are bushes and some are trees. And they have this white, looks like powdery, uh substance on the
3: on
2: some of the leaves um yep. it's powdery mildew and uh it, it, you know it, it's common on crepe myrtles but the newer varieties normally don't have it unless there's some other problem and i think you know, teresa you mentioned that they're congested the or...
0: air, air circulation it needs to have a little bit more air circulation not too close to houses or, or buildings per se and uh you know just to, to make sure they're not group close together again. And the
2: lower leaves will often have it on ones that are a little more susceptible. It's probably not going to, unless your crepe myrtle is very, very susceptible, it's probably not going to affect it that much. You can wait it out. Otherwise, you get a hold of a a systemic insecticide that has powdery mildew on the label.
0: Yeah, if it's really large, I wouldn't do anything about it because it's going to kind of outgrow it or just, it's going to last through. And, you know, crepe myrtles always lose their leaves, so it's not a big deal. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, Greg, if you really need to do something, you can put a copper fungicide on it, but I would just leave it. Okay?
2: Okay. Okay. Thank
0: you so much. Do we have text messages?
2: We're going to take a break.
0: We are going to take... It is that time of the the show. There you go. We're going to be right back with more of In Your... Better Lawns and Gardens. You can call us at 407 916 5400 or you can text us at 23680. And uh, Tom will take your calls and Joni is waiting for your call. There yes, she well. is. Operator standing by. There you go. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of Better Lawns and Gardens. This is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. If you would like to give us a call, you can call 407 916 5400. Or you can dial free, one eight eight four five 5 lawns and you can text Tom anytime at 23680. Dial free. I'm, t- I'm going back and... You
2: certainly are. Dialing.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tom, I got a great question from Jean uh, over the week, and she wanted to know about her avocado tree. This is a tree she was given as a gift. The tree split in two, and it's about four feet tall, and it's... I'm sorry. It's about uh, 20 feet tall. Uh, but it has had no flowers or fruit, and it's split into two trunks. Hmm. What should she do with it? Do you think that maybe it will fruit? Does she need to fertilize more? Well,
2: it's going to fruit eventually. It sounds like it came from a seed probably, and it's going to fruit eventually, normally five to seven years, and it's at the right height. Somewhere around that height, they normally go ahead and start to flower and fruit. Okay, so the two trunks wouldn't make a difference? Not the ideal situation, but since it's so
0: big and everything, do you want to cut one off or... Well, she has another Haas on her yard that, that produces very well. She gets yep. a lot of avocados from that. So I was saying if it's from a seed, I don't know. It looks okay. It looks attractive. Hey, you showed me the picture. Yeah. I'd leave it. You'd leave it. And that's what I told her, too. <laughs> you know, I'd leave it unless it was not grafted. That's the best way to get an avocado. When you
2: and I agree, it must be okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, Jean. Thank you for sending in that question. Let's go to Steve. Uh, I'm sorry. Lawrence in Davenport. Good after. Uh, good morning, Lawrence. Hello. Good morning.
3: Yay! Thanks for the uh, uh, show here.
0: Well, good. I We're happy to do it.
3: Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm selling my house. I'm in a rental house, and I wanted to spruce it up. In the backyard, there's a steep incline. It's just sand. It's got some bahia, but it's mainly just uh, sand, and it's pretty steep. And I thought, well, it just looks bad. And, uh, I wanted to uh, grass over it or something, and I thought, well, maybe I should try to sod it with, uh, you know, the big circles and uh, like a carpet and, you know, let that go down the hill or something, or I'm trying to think of ideas. Or Right, so
0: are idea. you, so I definitely would sod it, yeah. and so this time of the year, the seed may not stay on it, uh, you know, to give, give and you see, good coverage in time.
2: And seed's not easy to do.
0: No, it's not, especially on a slope. Yeah. So I would definitely sod it, and the rains are coming up, so it should be good.
2: Okay. The sod, the little squares, or should I
3: get try to get those rolls and roll it down? Because I'm worried that, you know, it, uh, the sod will – the squares will move down and rip the roots. Rip, I, I don't think that's you know. going to be a
2: problem. I'd get whatever yeah. I could, but the squares are going to be the uh, what you normally can find the easiest.
0: But I love the visual yeah. you just gave me of rolling the sod down yeah. the hill. Yeah. That's a great visual. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Okay. All right. well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank it's you, Lawrence. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. We're going to go to Steve in Tallahassee. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all
1: doing today? We're doing well, we're fine. If I could
2: get a little rain that you all been having, I appreciate it. Can you send it my way?
1: Well, we got about a drop. It wasn't that much, but my my question is, I have a nice old big dogwood, and it's beginning to show its age. I'm afraid it's going to pass on soon, so I would try to collect some seeds from it. So far, all I've been able to do is get weeds. And they got some really healthy re- weeds and pots right now. But when do they drop
2: their seeds? Normally what happens, you get a berry, and the berry is red. And uh, as soon as that berry is nice and plump red, you can just take them off yourself. I mean, they will eventually drop them if the birds don't come in and eat them because uh, it's, it's food for wildlife. So when the, ber- when, the, uh-huh. when the seeds are nice, plump red, you take them off. You take the outer coat off of them. And then you're going to have to uh, give them a cold treatment. And what I would do probably is pot up uh, the ones I want to. You, you have a couple of options on this, but I'd probably pot up some of them, the many you want to grow, put them in the refrigerator, uh, put them in a plastic bag, the whole little potted plant and everything, and put them in the refrigerator for about 120 days. And then you bring them out and then you try to
1: germinate them. Take,
2: still takes some time for them to germinate, but it will work. Okay. Uh, how about
1: how many of them will germinate, say, if I pick? Get
0: 50 seeds. How many can I expect to
1: get? Uh, you know, I f- I think fe- I
2: think if you get half of them, you're lucky. Probably. Yeah,
0: I have about a 30 percent, you know, chance <laughs> of seeds germinating when I try and do it that way. Not um, necessarily dogwood uh, trees, but when you try and scarify, I always get about 30 percent do well. So if you've got 50, you're well, going to get uh, you know 10 trees.
1: So, so if I pick one seat,
0: I'm not going to
2: make it. No, uh, uh, no, that's a real gamble there. How how good are you at gambling? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at all.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right, Steve. Thank Thanks you so much. Call, you, call us back and let us know how it, how you do.
1: I'll call you about a year. Okay. okay.
0: Thank you, <laughs> uh, Eleanor. Good morning. You're on the air. T- good morning. Hello. How uh, can I help, can help you. you? I'm sorry, we're having trouble on this line. But good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, My two questions. We have a real problem with moles in our front and
4: backyards. We've tried a number of things that have been recommended to no avail. The second question, we have um, several wonderful old mature crepe myrtles, and no one on our street
0: has flowers on their crepe myrtles, and we don't know why.
2: Well, it's kind of early right now. Yeah. still... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah crape okay. myrtles have have early bloomers, mid bloomers, and and late bloomers. And so oh. you know, it may be a mid or late bloom. So I would go and look and see if there's any buds forming.
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh, we we have Seminole. It's not flowering yet. And uh, okay. Natchez is not flowering yet, either, even though you saw them at Disney. Ours right. is not.
0: Right. There's. I mean, there's some I've seen that aren't flowering, though. So it's still a little early. So I would just wait and see about that. Now, on the okay. moles, uh, I'm not going to ask you, you what you've tried. But moles, you know, usually are coming after the grubs, the insects, the worms in, in the yard. Right, Tom? Yeah, they are. And we often try to control
2: those insects and everything, but the experts say it just makes the moles travel that much further and faster. It might get them to move over to your neighbors. The, the thing yeah. on the market that, that the professionals use uh, is the same ingredient as found in Tomcat Mole Killer or Mole Control, and, but you have to be consistent about it. It's put in the ground. It's, it's a bait, and you have to do it consistently, uh, and that's what the professionals are using, the, the same active ingredient.
0: But, the, but, you know, moles necessarily are not necessarily bad, and we'll probably get yeah. some text messages on that. They're aerating your soil, and they could be coming after earthworms. so yeah. it's Well, so- we name, uh, we, we, no, no,
2: name ours Diggerdell and <laughs> Killer and all those type of names. So a few
0: moles should be tolerated. Right. That's what I think. Oh my! Okay. All right. You may not thank be popular you so on your street, but that's that's what we should do. All right, Eleanor. Thank, thank you. you, Tom. We have some text messages. We've got lots of them. Uh, let's see, here's one here. What can I do to attract more birds to my bird bath? Oh, I would say plant some shrubbery on it so it's not the only thing out in the lawn. So if you've got just the bird bath and nothing else there, they're not going to be confident or they, they're just not going to be too. They're going to be leery of it to go and do it. But put I would plant shrubs around. Put it.
2: something else around. Here's one here. Uh, your last guest talked about a wedding agent for the lawn uh, What would that be? You can buy wedding agents for lawns you may have to go to a professional store to get them uh, but uh, there's basically surfactant soapy type products made particularly to do that
0: And, and what it's going to do is it's going to adhere the chemical that you're trying to keep on there to the to the leaf so that it that it works it stays on the leaf
2: Yeah here's one here I have a, a Rogsmania angels trumpet in a pot started from cuttings now showing uh, powdery mildew. Uh, they want to know what to do. I want to plant it in the yard. I want to know what to do to save it. Um, it's the same thing for powdery mildew on anything, right? Yes.
0: I would just make sure it's getting good air circulation out in the full sun. And you can do a copper fungicide on it, but I would just move it out and see. It'll outgrow it if you give give it the right conditions.
2: Yes, air movement's uh, very important there. Uh, here's another. One. I'm trying to catch up on some of these. Here said uh, we had an inch of rain. Came down in some parts of Lakeland uh, last night, so that, that Yay, was the, Lakeland. And you were down in Epcot, and you said you got a sprinkle. We got
0: sprinkles, and we put. It, by the time we took our put our poncho on, it was stopped. It had stopped raining, and I had to take it off.
2: <laughs> okay, let me get to this one here. Uh, they want to know how to control sedge in Saint Augustine and other Ooh. areas. Oh, there's some good sedge controls out there. Uh, one of them is Ortho Nut Sedge Killer. And I, I had a neighbor, I gave a bottle, I had an extra bottle, I gave it to him. And uh, uh, he put it on and he came back to him, and he said, you know, now I've got all these bare spots. And the reason was he took out the sedge, the the product worked. The nut sedge killers or sedge controls are slow. And so there's one called sedge hammer. Uh, there's this uh, ortho uh, sedge, uh, nut sedge killer, but they're but not the fastest product. So you got to give them
0: some time to get control. Got to be patient. But but it will work. And, and not to over-apply it again. So you want to make sure that you're you know not using too much of it.
2: Yeah, uh, and just make sure you give it the time to work, which is at least several weeks before it's going to work. There you go. Gail
4: in
0: Rockledge, good morning.
4: Oh, hello. Hello, hello. Gail. How can Hi. we help you? Um, I just wanted to basically know about the average age for mango trees. I have a mango tree that is... I call it the little shop of horrors tree because it, <laughs> it is gigantic. Uh it is so such a heavy producer of fruit. I can't even tell you what the variety is. Nobody knows. Um but people drive down my street and stop and take pictures. They walk in all like it's the holy grail or something. It's the craziest tree, but I know it's at least 30 years old cuz I've been here Twenty-one years, and the tree was I thought was mature when I moved
2: here. well, it all depends on care, and you know. I don't
4: fertilize it at all.
2: Yeah, well, you're lucky. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, and it's probably been must, there
0: long enough that it's going to take what it needs.
2: And you must have rich soil, and, mm-hmm. and probably just the decomposing uh, leaves and things like that may be fertilizing it. But I, I would expect you, with a tree that's doing so well like that, I imagine you'll get 50 years out of her more.
4: Oh no. <laughs> <clears throat> You don't want it? Well, I'll tell you what. It's a beautiful tree. Um, it's shady. I just ha- But every year I have major branches break because it's so laden with fruit. And I just had that happen a couple of days ago, and I had to have my tree guy come out, and they went through and thinned it up a bit. Um, the fruit is usually one and a half to two pounds. Um, it's... It's late blooming, which is unfortunate, or ripening, because it ripens in August, September during the hurricane.
2: Oh, yeah. Says, yeah.
4: And I've been picking up little ones. I think they call them the ones that don't develop droops or something like that. I, know, I and, call them drops. <laughs> no, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I've picked up already and thrown away probably five or 600 wow. because they hurt just walking under wow. it to wow. mow Well, oh, you
2: might just go ahead and have the tree trim some sure. well to eliminate some of the production.
4: Well, you know, I did that five years ago. I had it trimmed back by an arborist. I mean, it looked like a skeleton, and in five years, it's like it,
0: Well, that's That's, what you'd have to do. Gail, you're in a position that not many people are, and they're jealous of you listening right now. I know
4: they are, and I hope they don't know where
0: I am. And we got to run. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you. All right. You would like to give us a call, you can call us at 407-916-5400, or you can text us at 23680. I'm Teresa Watkins, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. If you missed any of today's show, you can always find it on Better Lawns and Gardens' website, which is BetterLawns.com. You can find it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Amazon. You can also find the podcast on my website, she consultingcom Better Lawns and Gardens. We are celebrating this week that we are going to have over ten thousand downloads of Better Lawns and Gardens wow, podcast. That's a That is a lot. So we want to thank all the listeners across the state and country. Since we've had so many Florida snowbirds out of state this year, they listened while they were staying at home up north. So that's pretty cool. So you don't have to miss an episode. You can listen online at your own convenience, during your workout or on your walk, and of course while you're out in the garden. That's almost as good
2: as Joni's birthday this
0: week. It is. Happy birthday, Joni. (laughs) I'll be thinking I'll celebrate in your honor. She's waking up. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tom, we're going to go to a another tom um, yes and uh he has a 10-year-old mango tree good morning tom how can we help
3: hi good morning thank you and thank you all for getting up early on saturday mornings uh we really
2: appreciate it yeah, uh, thank, thank Joni. because she struggles the most i think
3: <laughs> oh uh i love this uh Glenn mango it's a dwarf model it's about 12 feet tall and it's just loaded as it is each year but this year Towards the very end, as they're getting closer to ripening, I've got big round spots that cover the top where the stem goes in, and in some cases a leathery portion on the side. But up on the top, it's a brown spot that starts getting soft towards the end here, and I can't figure it out.
2: Uh, It could be anthracnose, which is a common uh, disease that affects the fruits and the flowers. Um, You know, about all you can do, if it's already affected, it's affected. There's not anything you can put on them that's going to help you out there. Correct. But you can prevent it with a copper fungicide. And just follow okay. the label on the copper fungicide. Pretty common. Super. Even when they're flowering, you can put that on because uh, if we get rains at that time, the flower buds are often
0: affected. Right. So what time, yeah, of the, it, what time of the day are you watering, Tom?
3: Actually, I haven't been watering. I've been letting the good Lord provide the water uh, for me in Titusville. We live right on the water, and it seems like we get quite a bit of uh, moisture. We do supplement maybe once a, a month uh, during the dry oh, that's season. That's yeah. It's just happening naturally. Uh, yep. So, yeah, we've got about a nine-foot water table where I'm at.
0: Okay, wow, wow yeah. That's something. All
3: right, now, well. The, I've got also one other quick question. Okay. Oh, I just want to let you know that we've been growing some olives for about six, seven years oh, now. Oh, okay. They're really coming out now really wonderfully.
2: Good. Are you getting the? Uh, you getting olives now? Oh,
3: my God. We got uh, almost two gallons last year.
2: Okay, so what are you the doing one, with them? The one. What are you doing with them? I'm not
3: them? doing anything. The only thing I use is a little bit of the... Uh, um uh, oh gosh, what do you call it the salt uh, the brining?
2: Uh, yeah um,
3: I forget. I used to use Epsom salts, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, other than that, my, my, I think my wife has uh, put a little bit of neem oil uh, on it. but other than that we try to go uh, without using too much. Okay well, what are you doing? What, what, are, you what are you doing, doing with doing the after?
2: olives? What are you doing with the olives when you get them? The oh, fruit
3: I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're going ahead and curing them. We'll use a brine uh, um, uh, uh, format. Using brine and water, uh, soaking them in water for a week to start off with to, to get the outside of them a little bit softer. But with a, the with a green olives, when you pull them off green, uh, you want to go ahead and, and soak them for a, a couple of extra weeks to get some of that bitterness out. But, yeah, if you go with the brine and uh, the, the water, that seems to work best, changing the water out. Yeah, um, you know, once a week over about six weeks.
2: You know, Good Tom, you. I was doing well with you there. I figured, well, if he wants to put Epsom salts on him. That's okay. <laughs> then when you said you were putting neem oil on him, that's what I figured. We, were, we weren't talking about the same thing.
3: <laughs> there you go. No, Thank- I think I think she puts the neem oil on the um, on the um, uh, citrus.
2: I know. I'm just kidding you.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, Tom, that's I- great.
3: Well, listen, thank you guys. Appreciate you being on the radio and and, and keep her up. We're we're rooting
1: for
0: you. Oh, thank you so much. You're doing a great job yourself. Let's go to Mike in Longwood. Mike, good morning. How can we help? Yeah, I've got
1: several uh, cardboard palms that are really coming out with a lot of new growth, doing real well. I was wondering, should I be trimming off any of the old fronds, especially the ones laying right on the ground?
2: Only if you want to. There's no no rush. You don't have to. Uh, I have one. It, it's uh, g- coming over my walkway, so I have to prune off some of them. Teresa.
0: Yeah. No, I wouldn't prune. Um, you don't have to. Again, like Tom says, um, unless they're blocking a, a walkway or something. And the, and again, it's about the right plant, right place. If it's something that's really narrow, it's not gonna. It's gonna get too big for that area. But if you don't mind, you can do it. Yeah. What
2: you, What Teresa's telling me is, I have my plant in the wrong place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they do get big yeah they get bigger than yep. most people think but I mean, that's how you get the four cans of of debris every week yes that's right <laughs>
1: <laughs> what uh, what uh, one more question what and when should i be fertilizing them with
2: I just use uh, any palm fertilizer. fertilizer It's not a real palm, but palm fertilizer works.
0: Right. But, I mean, they also tend to need a little bit more of the micronutrients and things like that. So palm fertilizers will have that in it for you. So, uh, yeah, regular palm
4: fertilizer. Yeah. Should that be done now?
0: Uh, You can do it now
2: because uh, in many areas, well, in your area, this is the last time to fertilize. You can't fertilize again until October. You're in Seminole County.
0: Yeah, All I would right. do them two two, two two times a year. Yeah.
4: Okay. Okay. Okay, thanks very
0: much. You're welcome, Mike. Uh, Thank you. It's break time, huh? We are going to go to break, and if you have a question, you can give us a call, 407-916-5400, or you can text Tom at 23680. Joni's waiting for some phone calls for her birthday. Please give her a phone call, and uh, we'll be right back with more Better Lawns and Gardens. This is Teresa Watkins, and we are the Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. We are back with more of Better Lawns and Gardens. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, 407-916-5400, or you can text at 23680. And, Tom, we have a question from Colton.
2: Yes, I, I think it's his turn.
0: So, we told him
2: he
4: could text us,
2: but he said no. he's going, he's go, he's
4: going direct. So I, I bought a money tree at Home Depot. It's probably already four three or four feet tall and um i just wanted to know any caring tips for it how often to water it and and anything for keeping it indoors
0: so if you're going to keep it indoors then you're going to need to keep it in the same pot probably just to keep the root ball because they can get to be 20 to 30 feet tall wow yeah so um i would just keep it in the same pot and just every couple of years cut the root system by about a third, and put new soil in it, and it will just stay in that pot forever. Um, But it just needs bright sunlight. It does take shade, but I think it's more uh, of a canopy shade outside. So it needs bright light. And uh, just fertilize it on a regular basis. It does like water, though, so do not let it go dry. Yeah, a little slow-release
2: fertilizer for containers, uh, um, something like Osmocode, for instance. Sure.
4: One you know, of the shake-and-feed products. Have you heard of or recommend putting uh, pebbles on top of the soil so that when you water it, the water distributes more easily into the no. soil? Well,
0: no, no. I don't think a, that, that uh, works. It
4: no, could, I guess. You know, it's not, I you think it hurt.
0: would look pretty. So, yeah, I mean, if sure. you want to do it from, from a design perspective, it would look nice. And it'll keep the dirt from, you know, if the air conditioning comes on or right. if you have something knock into it but it's or, not or, any real
4: benefit right gotcha. it's not
0: a real benefit but it will keep cats from digging
4: in it true yeah
0: that's always a little bit of a you know danger when you have indoor potted plants the cats kind of like to use them
4: they get a little curious
0: <laughs> <laughs> tom some text messages Yeah, i've got one here about petunias
2: we mentioned petunias it says last weekend i mentioned that replacing my petunias said it today too uh, it says, will they not last through the summer? Mine in full sun are suffering, but the ones in partial shade are doing well. Uh, but petunias normally start going out at this time of the year.
0: Right. And if they're not, you know, if they're looking okay, I mean, you don't have to take them out. Yeah. But and that's probably because it's in the shade. But you can replace them with petunia-like plants. The calibrachoa will grow all summer long.
2: Yeah, and uh, petunias in the shade probably are not going to flower that well. So, no, no. Yeah, the calabachoa I, I find, you know, will make it through the summer, but they aren't as uh, not as good as they are during the cooler times. Oh, uh, well,
0: that's a, with a lot of annuals.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's one. Here it says possums are, are voracious chicken killers. So we were talking <laughs> about possums there. So uh, maybe that's one reason. Uh, let's see. Roy, uh, don't get chickens. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, here's Robin Melbourne says: Myligustrum has brown edges around the leaves. Um, it looks like small, gnarled lumps where they're buds and
0: very small oh, new leaves that, that seem stunted. That's mites. Mites. And so the recommendation is a, an insecticidal soap or oil? Oh,
2: yeah. I, I would put the oil on. Anemol would probably be pretty good there. Here's one here. I'm not, let's uh, uh, see. I don't quite understand. It says, I, I started creeping thyme under an umbrella tree, which is a Sheffalera. Right. Uh, they germinated but are getting much bigger than this sprouts. Don't understand that. Huh. Uh, what can I do to get them going? Evidently, they guess they're, I don't know, the seedlings are not germinating very
0: well. Maybe not germinating or maybe it's not getting enough sunlight because creeping thyme does like full sun, yeah, and, and so in, maybe in, the, under the Scheffler they're not doing well. And I would think during the summertime they're going to have trouble, aren't they? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I've had pretty good luck putting it into some herb gardens, but they do get afternoon shade. And with too much uh, rain when they yeah, rot out? rotted out. So, again, you just have to watch the watering. If it's in a dry area in the soil, you yep. know, it'll be fine. Here's one person. Uh, how are we doing? We're okay. We're doing good. I have good. a Bermuda grass uh, at one time
2: now has many weeds. I want to seed something in it. Um, and uh, uh, they want to know whether I should use Bermuda seed or Bahia seed. If it was
0: mine, I'd probably go Bahia. I would do Bahia (laughs) too as well. I really haven't, uh, I've never really tried Bermuda seed, but... uh... seed is a problem no matter
2: what. I mean, you've really got to keep it moist and the weeds come up in it. And uh, So I would probably go with Bahia. But the problem is with seed, you can't just toss it out and expect it to grow. Right, so with bahia seed, you're going to have to go through and kind of work it into the soil a little bit. And, and then
0: also you can buy varieties that have, um, you know, uh, new grasses or little grasses that are uh, mixed. Starter. Starter starter grasses yeah. that will come up in, and hide it. Here's what scares me about that is that you're going to see the
2: starter grass coming up like rye or whatever it is. And you're going to think that's your grass and you're going to get it up
0: and grow. And then you're going to stop watering and. the
2: what you really want is going to die out. Yeah, because
0: it's going to take about six to eight weeks for bahiagrass to get germinated, even in the warm weather. And, and start doing well, yeah. Here's one here. When to fertilize crepe myrtles? Uh, you know, I would just fertilize them on a regular basis, you know, spring and uh, fall, you know, at the end of the summertime <laughs> to get them through the wintertime. So, yeah, twice a year, three times a year. Yeah, uh, I would do it March,
2: May, and probably August.
0: But that I would <laughs> do that with... with young crepe myrtles i would not necessarily think you would need to fertilize older crepe you know
2: sometime during the summer oh, they run short of nutrients and you start getting yellow leaves because they pick up cercospora also during the summer yeah which could be a problem
0: and we'll see then the leaves fall off so you don't have that problem anymore <laughs> yeah
2: we've got about a half a minute here before we have to
0: head on out uh, the
2: sago and robellini with a white scale how to get rid of it uh, it won't harm the birds
0: I would use the systemic uh, insecticide. There you go. Tom, we want to thank Tom Payne, PLL Landscaping, for his summer lawn care tips. Joni, thank you for, for your information on the Sandhill Cranes. I'm partial to the babies as and they're happy all redheads. Birthday. Happy birthday. Colton, we so appreciate you producing the show. Yes, of course. Yes. Thank you to all our callers and texters <laughs> with your gardening questions. Remember to join Tom and I next week. For more Better Lawns and Gardens, I'm Teresa Watkins. This is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network.